This is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Albert Lalonde provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde. Hello, and welcome back to Own Your Retirement. My name is Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call at 586-752-7008 or visit us online at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com. And while at my website, click on the podcast page to check out past shows and to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, for many of the folks I'm lucky enough to work with, Social Security is a critical part of their overall retirement strategy. And they aren't alone. According to the AARP, Social Security pays out almost $100 billion a month to around 65 million retirees. And a 2020 study referenced by AARP indicates that a whopping 90% of U.S. adults support the program. In this day and age, there aren't many things that 90% of people, well, can get behind. Of course, when you have so many people relying on something like Social Security, it's only natural for rumors and myths to abound. So during this episode, we're going to address some of the most common Social Security myths head on. But before we address the myths and realities of Social Security, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who's in Important to this show is definitely no myth. Hey, Tony, how are we doing, buddy? <laughs> well, I'm doing great, Albert. Thanks for, wow, what a compliment, and thanks for having me on the show. I'm <laughs> looking bet. forward to this one because Social Security is such a, a, a linchpin or an important part of retirement for so many people out there, and I, I'm excited for this one. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Social Security is basically it's the foundation of a solid retirement income plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's only natural for people to wonder, hey, is Social Security going to be here when we retire? Or, how, you know, will the benefits somehow shrink if annual cost of living adjustments, uh, you know, aren't enough or are they going to vanish? You know, uh, let's we're going to talk about some of these things. And, and the more you need something, the more you worry about it. And so many people do rely pretty heavily on Social Security and retirement. So, yes. uh, Albert, uh, before we get into it, though, how have you been? Are you keeping busy over there? I'm keeping busy. Yes, we're doing well. Uh, you know, just uh, trying to make sense of everything that's out there. But the weekend sure. was great. Uh, yeah. Great Super Bowl. I yeah. guess I owe you $20, Tony, yeah. uh, for your Rams. <laughs> I took Rams. I said Rams by three, and that's what it was. So You got it. You're, I, I you're nailed perfect. it. I nailed it on this one. I usually am not good at that, and I don't gamble, but, uh, yep. You you got it on the button, buddy. That's yeah, awesome. I did. I thought the score would be much higher, though. I didn't realize it would be such a, a defensive game. I oh, thought those yeah. two high-powered offenses would be scoring I thought they'd each score a touchdown on every drive, but the defenses were really strong. So. Cincinnati's 
defense actually stepped up after they the did. first drive. They so really that did. was really good. Yeah, I thought they were going to win that game for a while. <laughs> uh, well, seriously, good topic. So let's get to it. Give us sure. some uh, social security facts and uh, <clears throat> myths and reality. Sure. Uh, in fact, from an AARP article, uh, 10 Social Security Myths That Refuse to Die uh, addresses some of the most commonly heard myths. Uh, the first of which is that Social Security is going broke. Now, here's the first fact on this one. Because Social Security is a pay-as-you-go system, as long as American workers and their employers are paying payroll taxes, the program won't run out of money. Okay, uh, why do you think that myth refuses to die? I don't. Uh, people always you always hear that one. Mm-hmm. Well, because while Social Security isn't going broke, it does face some challenges here, Tony. Um, as the article notes, the program took in more than it paid out for several decades, leading to a nearly three trillion dollar surplus by the end of 2020. However, as it currently stands, the program is beginning to pay out more than it is taking in. This is happening because the population of retirees is living longer and growing faster than the working population. Without any changes to the program, that nearly three trillion surplus is expected to run down by around 2034. Yeah, I've heard that date thrown out there. And to be honest with you, Albert, that sounds pretty alarming to me. That's understandable. But the program won't go broke even once the surplus is gone. At that point, Social Security would still bring in enough money to pay about 78% of benefits. So Congress would then need to figure out a way to make up for that missing 22%. But let me interject my opinion here. Given how important Social Security is to so many people, 90% support in that AARP survey we mentioned, I don't think Congress is going to let the program wither, Tony. Yeah. No, I, I don't think so either. I think that's a fair point. And, you know, we've been here before. When I was a kid in the 80s, uh, I remember hearing in the news and my parents talking about, uh, you know, Social Security is going to run out and be depleted by 1994, I think it was, <laughs> right? right? In the 90s. But then um, Congress acts. The, it's the third rail of politics. They're not going to touch it. They're going to preserve it. Um, and they've made changes along the way to keep it solvent and they'll do so again. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, then they just, uh, you know, they made it taxable in 1984, it became taxable. And we're going to talk about that too, but, oh yes, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think Congress wants to get reelected and advocating for social security is a, and keeping it solvent is a good way to do it. So definitely, definitely. Now the next common myth is that the Social Security age is 65. Uh, the reality is the full retirement age is 66 in two months for folks born in 1955 and 66, and four months for people born in 1956. So during the next handful of years, the full retirement age will nudge up in two-month increments until it's age 67 for those born in 1960 or later. Now, the age 65 myth has lived on because when Social Security was enacted in 1935, 65 was the eligibility age. Decades later, the minimum eligibility age dropped to 62, at which point you could take a reduced benefit, but 65 remained the full retirement age. Then it changed in 1983 when the full retirement age went up in order 
to reduce the program costs, as uh, you had mentioned there, yep. uh, Tony. 2002 was the last year in which people who turned 65 could receive their full benefits. Wow. So it went up to 66, and I know for me it's 67, and I, I think that's interesting. I honestly didn't know the full history behind the changes to the full retirement age, and I know that's one way they keep it solvent. It is. And you know what is even funnier is that people don't know that they picked age 65 from their general, uh, FDR's general, who did the same thing to let go of his old uh, workers who owned a, um, a railroad company. He just huh. drew a line in the st- in the ground and said, everyone 65 in order, come here. Everyone under, you're still employed. Wow. Good luck to the rest of you, you're retired. Yeah, so, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, that is but, interesting. But, you know, as we've lived longer and healthier lives, the full retirement age has had to go up, Tony. Um, in fact, the next myth that I've heard a lot during my career is that the annual cost of living adjustment, or COLA, is automatic. Now, by law... Benefits must be adjusted annually to keep up with inflation, but that doesn't necessarily mean a yearly COLA jump. Now, COLA is linked to the federal index of prices for certain consumer goods and services, which is called the CPIW. Now, Social Security benefits are adjusted yearly according to the changes in the CPIW from the third quarter of one year to the third quarter of the next year. For example, in 2021, the CPIW showed a 5.9% jump in prices. So benefits will be 5.9% higher this year. Wow, I'm glad you brought up the COLA. So if there's no price jump, there's no jump in the COLA. In fact, I think we had uh, uh, some time in there where there hasn't been a cost of living increase, right? Correct. That is exactly right, Tony. Uh, If the CPIW doesn't show a measurable price jump, that indicates we have little to no inflation, meaning your monthly Social Security check isn't going to be bigger. Since the current formula went into effect, this very scenario has played out three times, 2010, 2011, and 2016. But regardless of whether or not the formula calls for an increase in benefits, the process is automatic. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's interesting. So um, I think it's good information as well for all our listeners out there that the COLA isn't guaranteed uh, and it's right. based off the government's calculation of what inflation is. And that's usually lower than what actual inflation is. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so uh, we should probably take a moment to let our listeners know how they can get a plan in place uh, to deal with all this. And I know you have a social security maximization report that people can run uh, that you can run for people, put in some information, and it'll give them the, the their sweet spot when the best time for them to file would be and other filing strategies, spousal strategies for you and your spouse. How can our listeners uh, get that report? Yeah, I mean, our listeners can get the complimentary uh, Social Security Maximization Report by just visiting my website um, at www.kaizenfinancialgroup or call my office at 586-752-7008. It's our goal to help you prepare for the retirement you've worked so hard for. And Social Security is your first mailbox money. Awesome. Sounds great. And this show is good. You've been looking at some of the commonly held myths when it comes to Social Security. And I, obviously, for a lot of retirees out there, Social Security is a key component of their retirement strategy, which is naturally going to increase anxiety about the program and its future. So I'm glad you're clearing some of that up for us. What's the next Social Security myth you have? 
Well, the next myth from the AARP article, 10 Social Security Myths That Refuses to Die, is that members of Congress don't have to pay into Social Security. It's long been a common complaint that members of Congress don't give Social Security the proper amount of attention because it doesn't cover them. However, since 1984, members of Congress, as well as other federal employees, have been part of the program. Before 1984, members of Congress didn't pay into Social Security because they were part of the Civil Service Retirement System, or the CSRS. Those who were in office before the beginning of 1984 could continue utilizing CSRS, but only in conjunction with Social Security. Now, those elected after January 1, 1984, are covered by Social Security and the pension plan that replaced CSRS. Wow. Well, and that's interesting. I, that's one that I wasn't fully aware of e- either. Um, I'm glad you cleared it up because I think that's, you know, uh, it, it is a myth I've heard, but I didn't realize uh, that was the way it was. So uh, what's the next common myth? The next common myth is that the government will dip into Social Security to fund other government programs. Okay, I, ass- so- I assume they've been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, the two trust funds that pay out Social Security, one for retirees and their survivors and the other for people with disabilities, aren't part of the government's general fund. However, the government can and does borrow from Social Security. Now, Social Security's tax revenue is invested in special U.S. Treasury securities. Like with other Treasury Department bonds, the government can spend the money on numerous programs. But like with any bondholder, the Treasury has to pay the money back with interest. So Social Security redeems the securities to meet its responsibilities. That borrowing power, the rumor that the government is snatching money from Social Security and leaving a pile of IOUs behind. But in reality... The government has always repaid the money in full, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's good news. <laughs> and I, I know people who view Social Security as a personal retirement savings account. Where does that one fall <laughs> on the myth versus reality scale? Well, the government doesn't hold your payroll tax contribution in a personal account that's eventually paid out to you with interest after you retire. Your Social Security benefit is actually determined by the amount of money you've earned during your career, not on how much you kick into the system. Again, your contributions cover benefits for current retirees. And when you retire, those still working will help cover your benefits. So rather than thinking of Social Security as a retirement account like a, let's say, 401k or IRA, it's better to think of it like an earned benefit the government will pay you so that you have some level of income during your golden years. Yeah. Well, when you say some level of income there, (laughs) how much are you actually talking about? Well, you know, Social Security wasn't designed to replace the entire amount of money you made while you were working. For most folks, Social Security would provide roughly about 40% of pre-retirement earnings. Okay. So uh, obviously um, people can't rely on it for their full income. And I think that's a misconception some people have. Uh, It's not going to be enough to fully live on in retirement. And, And here's another one I've heard a few times throughout the years that you don't have to pay taxes on social security benefits. Now, I, I, I used to think that way before I started working with you. And so tell us about that one. 
Well, I'm afraid that one's uh, a myth, Tony, at least after 1984. Uh, that year, Congress passed a Social Security overhaul that, among other things, dictated a portion of your Social Security benefits are taxable. Now, the amount you pay depends on your income level. You pay federal income tax on as much as 50% of your benefit if your income for that year is between $25,000 and $34,000 for an individual filer and between $32,000 and $44,000 for joint filers. Okay. So uh, obviously that's that's a big uh, a big deal. What about state taxes? Can states tax your social security? Um, actually, you may owe state taxes on your social security if you live in, and I'm sorry, Tony, uh, Colorado, Connecticut, Kansas, Minnesota. Oh yeah, Minnesota, my own Missouri, state. Missouri, yeah, Montana, Nebraska, New Mexico, Rhode Island, Vermont, Utah, or West Virginia. Wow. Okay. So if you live in one of those states, they they can and probably will tax your Social Security benefit. And yes. considering everything you've told us so far, uh, Albert, uh, it inspires me to note that uh, your Social Security strategy is a good reason to work closely with a financial services professional. And our listeners out there uh, can get that Social Security maximization report run so they don't have to worry about it. And you can help them maximize their benefit and get the, you know, the largest check possible based on their situation. And so I, I think that's really important. Yes, it is. I'm right there with you on that one, Tony. Now, another commonly held myth is that your ex-spouse's benefits come out of your own. The fact is that if you're divorced, your former spouse may be eligible to receive Social Security based on your earning record or history. But similar to benefits for a current spouse, these uh, can be as much as 50% of the benefit amount that you'll receive when you reach your full retirement age. But here's the really important part. Benefits for your current or ex-spouse don't shrink your own benefit. They're separate payments that don't affect the size of your monthly check. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. No matter what you get the benefits you're entitled to. For sure. Now here's another myth. I bet many of today's listeners have heard you'll permanently lose benefits. If you choose to keep working, social security, remember does have an earnings limit rule that may temporarily slash the benefits of folks who are still working. However, the rule doesn't impact all working beneficiaries. And it's also temporary. The rule covers those who take benefits before their full retirement age and continue to work. In this scenario, Social Security will withhold a portion of benefits if earnings from a job rise above a set cap. That cap changes yearly and differs depending on how close you are to your full retirement age. Wow. Okay. Well, I think that's really important. Now, uh, how can our listeners get that complimentary Social Security Maximization Report? Give that number again. Yes. Listeners can contact uh, us at our office at 586-752-7008, or they can visit us online at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com and request a complimentary meeting. All right. Sounds good. Now, you've debunked several commonly held social security myths so far today. And I know some of them uh, are surprising to folks. A couple of them really surprised me. What do you have for us in our final segment? 
Well, we're going to stick with Social Security, but shift our focus a bit to look at some of the things Social Security uh, provides that you might not even be aware of, Tony. Another AARP article, Eight Things You Didn't Know Social Security Could Do For You, has some useful information. The first of which is expedited disability claims. In 2021, the average time for processing a Social Security disability claim was more than five months. And you should note that that's just for the initial application. It could take several more months. Now, perhaps even years. So to appeal a claim if it's denied. So thankfully, the Compassionate Allowances Program lists more than 250 serious medical conditions that meet the standard for disability. Applications for Social Security Disability Insurance or Supplemental Security Income that include one of the conditions from that list can be improved in mere days now. Wow. A a wait of many months could be devastating for somebody that, say, maybe has a serious illness. So mm-hmm. I, I like that compassionate allowances program. It sounds like a dose of good news for a lot of people. It is. And representative payee services are also available for beneficiaries, too, who may not be able to handle their own payments. Uh, in fact, representative payees often work with young children and are people with cognitive disorders or maybe developmental disabilities. Now, a representative payee is appointed by Social Security and has the authority to receive another person's benefits and use them to handle that person's needs for things like food, shelter, health care, and other essentials. Generally, a representative payee is a family member or friend, though in certain circumstances, organizations like nursing homes may be appointed to handle the role. Social Security takes steps to hold payers accountable for how money is being spent and using money for personal expenses is strictly prohibited. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting. That that's another interesting one. And I, I think that, um, uh, the price of prescription drugs has been in the news a lot, obviously it's kind of crazy. So does social security provide any relief on that front? I'm actually a program called extra help which is operated by Social Security and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, may be able to reduce prescription drug drug costs for low-income Medicare recipients by an estimated $5,100 per year. Now, the money can be used for premiums, deductibles, and co-pays associated with the Medicare drug plan. The program is actually available to those enrolled in Medicare Part A and or Part B who have an income of no more than $20,385 for an individual or $27,465 for married couples who live together. You should also note that there are strict limits on financial assets like savings, investments, and property other than your primary residence. Wow. Well, and that extra help program sounds like it could be a, a real essential lifeline for some people. For sure. And you know what? Social Security also provides translation and interpretation services, Tony. Many people who speak English as a second language need to reach out to staff with questions or for help. To make them uh, as comfortable as possible, Social Security provides complimentary interpreter services to anyone who makes a request or demonstrates a need for language assistance. Additionally, written materials are available in numerous different languages as well. 
Yeah, you just go to ssa.gov. That's yes. ssa.gov. That's the official Social Security website. Uh, and that's where you're going to get the the real uh, information there. And, you know, you've mentioned on previous shows that uh, some Social Security beneficiaries work in foreign countries and some foreign nationals work here in America. So what service uh, what services are available to them? Well, you know, folks in either of those situations may be facing dual payroll taxation, which is having to pay into two different countries retirement systems for the same wages. So to reduce confusion, Social Security has agreements with 30 countries that have similar retirement programs. Uh, The agreements typically allow workers to pay payroll taxes to one country's retirement system at a time. Now, Social Security also allows workers covered by the agreement to combine credits they've earned from employment in more than one country to ensure they qualify for retirement benefits in the country where they claim them. Yeah, that's uh, those agreements sound like they could be really helpful, but paying in two different countries, reti- paying into two different countries' retirement systems, uh, that sounds like yet another great reason to work closely with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional. You know, another Social Security services to be aware of, Tony, is benefits to grandchildren. You know, as the article explains, almost 3 million children in the United States are being raised by a grandparent or grandparents. Uh, Many of those kids may be eligible for Social Security benefits. In many cases, if you're providing at least half of a grandchild's financial support and their natural parents are deceased, disabled, or unable to regularly provide support, the child can collect dependent or survivor benefits when you retire, become disabled, or die. Now, if you're already claiming Social Security when you begin caring for your grandchild, you're required to legally adopt a child in order for them to receive benefits. Okay. I think Social Security benefits for a grandchild that you would be raising yourself is something that could really provide retirees with some comfort. Yes, of course. Um, And, you know, if any of our listeners are about to welcome, let's say, a new baby into the world, they should be aware that they can apply for their baby's Social Security number before they even leave the hospital. And the sooner, the better, because you'll need their number to claim them as a dependent on your next tax return and to get them covered by your medical insurance as well. Wow. Yeah, and that's important. Now, this has been a great show, but we're out of time. Is there anything else you (laughs) want to add before we go, Albert? Now, you know, if you have any questions about your financial strategy, all I can say is I encourage you, visit my website at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com or call my office at 586-752-7008 and discuss how my team might be able to answer your questions and address your concerns. All right. Well, that sounds great. And uh, I'll tell you what, great show today. Important topic. I mean, Social Security is so important to everyone out there. But that does it for today's episode of Own Your Retirement with our host, Albert Lalonde. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Own Your Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Albert Lalonde at Kaizen Financial Group. Call 586-752-7008 or visit them online at kaizenfinancialgroup.com. 
Advisory services offered through Kaizen Wealth Management LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Michigan. Insurance products and services are offered through Kaizen Financial Group LLC, an affiliated company. Albert Lalonde and Kaizen Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.